Welcome to the Weave Podcast. My name is Sarah Resnick, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of the online weaving yarn shop, Just Yarn and Fiber. Hi, everyone. Before we get started today, I wanted to let you know that there are a few new kits and free weaving projects up on my website. One of those is a set of handwoven gradient pillows designed by Alexandra Forby and woven with this gorgeous Italian cotton linen blend yarn. They're perfect for some late summer weaving. You can learn some new skills and create something beautiful. So you can find that project and lots more at www.gistyarn.com slash projects. That's G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N dot com slash projects. And if you have ideas for collaborating with me to create weaving projects or really any other kind of collaboration, please do reach out. You can reach me at sarah at gistyarn.com. It's Sarah with an H at the end of it. This week on the podcast, I'm talking to Irene Schmaller. Irene is the founder of Cotton Clouds, a cotton weaving yarn and spinning business which has been beloved by our fiber community for decades. Irene started her business in 1978, the era of polyester, and she's been going against that grain and supplying beautiful high-quality cotton and natural fibers ever since. Hi, Irene. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Well, thank you. This is wonderful. Can you start out by introducing yourself and your business, Cotton Clouds? Sure. My name is Irene Schmoller, and um, my business is Cotton Clouds Incorporated, and we're a mail-order yarn company. That's great. When did, when did you decide to start your yarn and fiber business, and why did you want it to be all about cotton? Well, um, Prior to 1978, I was living in Arkansas for a brief time. I was there for about three or four years. And um, that was the real renaissance of spinning and weaving. And it was all about wool. I even had a mail order or just a local uh, business called Wild and Woolly Homespun. And I would go up to a friend's sheep farm and get a fleece and wash it and spin it and diet and sell hand spun yarn and also weave with it. And then in 1978, my best friend Jamie White and I took a road trip from Northwest Arkansas to Fort Collins, Colorado for Convergence. That was mm. Convergence 1978. And I took, I signed up for a pre-Convergence workshop with Harry and Olive Linder. And Harry and Olive Linder were the gurus of hand-spinning cotton at the time. And they were just a really neat couple who um, met late in life and traveled all over uh, the world seeing how other people spun cotton. And their enthusiasm for spinning cotton was just so contagious that I came home, took everything out of my closet that wasn't 100% cotton, and that was the era of polyester, and decided that I was going to um, spin and weave cotton, um, mainly for babies, because cotton is so good for babies. And I was looking for cotton yarns at the time, this is 1978, and I couldn't find any cotton yarns to weave with. I was in New York uh, on a visit to my sister, and I went to the public library and pulled out a yellow page, big, thick book, 
and they had a wholesale section on yarns. And this was the main um, industry type yarns. And I wrote four, I wrote 200 form letters to all the companies I found in those yellow pages um, asking for cut, a source of cotton yarns. And from those 200 uh, inquiry letters, I got about five responses. Hmm. And so I said, well, if I can't find cotton yarn, other weavers can't find cotton yarn. And um, Interweave Press had just started Handwoven Magazine. So, and I had looked through the magazine and through the sources, and there really wasn't anyone selling cotton yarns at the time. So I kind of put the weaving of cotton aside and decided that I would sell these cotton yarns to other weavers. Um, and so I started Cotton Clouds. That's great. And how did you go about developing relationships with mills and convincing them to make yarn for you to sell to weavers? Well, the yarn was already in production. Um, it was the yarn for the clothing industry mm. in New York, you know, like Soho and that area. And so I was really fortunate to have found that source where the yarns were already made. They had a wonderful palette of colors. Um, from that source, that's f almost 40 years ago, um, one of the sources was my source of A2 and Mercerized Pearl Cotton. And to this day, I still carry those yarns. And then slowly, I just kept looking around and asking and doing more research. And uh, one source led to another. And so I found a great supply of cotton yarns. Some of those companies, unfortunately, no longer sell those yarns. Um, one thing that's very difficult in finding these days is a good cotton flake, a thick and thin type of cotton yarn, which mm -hmm. I'm always searching for. Mm -hmm. um, but um, mercerized cotton, unmercerized cotton, um, thick yarns, thinner yarns, um, a whole variety from which that, from which weavers were excited and could weave using those. And then I started working with Interweave Press and said, hey, here's some cotton yarns um, weavers are looking for. How about designing some projects with the cotton yarns? And so from that, um, I really developed cotton clouds as a source for weavers to make weaving easy. I always say we make weaving easy because what we do at Cotton Clouds is we create kits from projects that are in handwoven. We have our own designers. Jody Yabara, who works for Cotton Clouds, has designed a wonderful selection for rigid heddle weavers, because that's what she does. Um, it's called the Year of Towels, and it's a club, and every month you receive a new towel kit. Um, and there's some perks for signing up for that club. And then we took other um, kits and kind of group them together and have a variety of other clubs. We have uh, kit of the month clubs for uh, beginning weavers, advanced weavers, eight harness weavers, and uh, like I said, rigid heddle weavers. So it was, uh, it's, I love to be creative. I'm very artistic and very creative. So this was just a great medium for me to develop those skills of putting people and yarn and weavers together. What are your favorite parts about weaving with cotton? Why do you love it so much? 
Well, I love everything about cotton. <laughs> I love the smell of it. I love seeing it in the fields. I live in um, cotton clouds is in southeast Arizona where there's cotton fields all over. Sometimes um, in the fall when the cotton has just uh, budded out, burst out of its bowl, I look across the tops of the fields and it's hot. It's like 100 degrees, but it looks like snow. So it's just so beautiful. But for weaving, what I like about cotton is it's crisp, it's clean, it's fresh. It just has that real natural, healthy, clean kind of look and feel to it. And then weaving with it, you have such a variety between mercerized and unmercerized, which I'll get to. And then also the colors are so vibrant and so uh, fresh and really to me, they just inspire me to weave because of the colors. Um, other things about cotton that are really good for weaving, I feel like um, they create a great tension on the loom. Um, and they're, what's great is just everything that I weave with cotton, I put right in the washer and dryer. Um, and there's some hints and tips about how to wash and dry cotton. And I will add that on the Cotton Clouds website, um, at the very bottom, there's good information, like there's a section on tips. And if you click on that, there's just a whole lot of information about um, weaving, washing, taking care of cotton yarns. I'll link to that directly from the show notes so people can easily find those instructions and ideas. Yeah, great. Yeah. So you mentioned that there's mercerized and unmercerized cotton. There's also all sorts of different thicknesses and qualities. And I'm wondering if you could talk about how, you're, how you advise your customers to choose between different kinds of cotton for different projects. So the difference between mercerized cotton and unmercerized cotton basically is how it has been processed. It take the same yarn, but with mercerized cotton, there is a method that's been applied to it. And what it is, is that they put the cotton yarn in a sodium hydroxide solution, which is uh, a basic solution, and then they neutralize it with an acid. And what this treatment does is it increases the luster, which is the shine, the strength, the affinity to dye, and the resistance to mildew and shrinkage. Um, what's nice about mercerized cottons, if you've seen the difference, you see that they have a, a vibrancy and a richness of color because mercerization actually changes the structure of the fiber and allows it to accept the dye. It's kind of like if you think of in wool like a mordant. Um, and Usually, they use longer staple fiber lengths to get the best mercerization. Um, and what the process is called is called, uh, it's known as PEARL, P-E-A-R-L, or P-E-A-R-L-E. And we have a yarn that we call Pearly Pearl. And it is 100% um, cotton, and it's mercerized. And it comes in three sizes, three, two, 5-2 and 10-2. It used to come in 20, but that's been discontinued. But um, those are good sizes for clothing, good sizes for placemats and napkins and table runners. 
um, and it gives the yarn a, more of a strength and a durability. Then unmercerized, which to me is more my favorite, is um, it hasn't been treated. It has, and cotton has, is a short staple versus wool. Um, it's a shorter staple. Uh, there are some longer staple cottons, but most unmercerized cotton is spun with, an un, with a shorter staple fiber. So you get little fuzzies kind of on the end. But what that is, it makes it look more, to me, organic, more uh, natural. Um, it has better absorbency. I've been reading a little bit back and forth about what people say, uh, mercerized versus unmercerized. The, um, some people say that if you have a mercerized towel, it'll absorb when you say you're drying dishes and the towel won't get sopping wet. But um, the unmercerized, I feel, absorbs a better and it might, your towel might end up being a little wet. But I just love the look and the feel of 100% unmercerized cotton. So that's pretty much the difference. And it really depends on your taste and what you're weaving and what you want the end results to be like. The farming and the textile communities and industries have really changed a lot since you started your business. You mentioned that when you got started, they a lot of your suppliers were also serving the apparel industries, and many of those have now gone overseas. And I'm curious how that change has affected your supply of cotton fiber and yarn over the years, and if you are still carrying yarn that grown is grown and spun in the U.S. So I'll start with cotton spinning fibers because that's really where my heart is. When I took that workshop from Harry and Olive Linder, um, I learned to spin cotton, and I love spinning cotton. A lot of reasons, but what happened was when Harry and Olive Linder were first bringing cotton spinning into this country and, and educating people about it, um, I've heard, I know them personally, and we developed a wonderful relationship over the years as I developed Cotton Clouds. And Harry told me the story once of that when he was teaching workshops in the late 70s, early 80s, all over the country. All he had as a source of cotton fiber was a bale of cotton, which looks like a refrigerator, about the size mm -hmm. of a refrigerator, on his front porch. And he would just pull off sheets of it and take it to the workshops. Well, now what's wonderful is there's a lot of variety of cottons that are being grown. Um, farmers are branching out to create longer staple fibers. Um, we now have, because of Sally Fox, um, we have naturally colored fibers. There's brown. We now sell brown, cinnamon, and green fibers. And not only that, but they're available in sliver form. Slivers in cotton is like roving. So it, the fibers are combed and carded and much easier to spin. And the process that we use in our um, sliver is called easy to spin sliver. It's processed in a special mill um, in Texas that doesn't take as much of the crimp out. So if you get sliver that's from uh, a company that the next step is to spin it into yarn, they have processed it so much that the crimp, which is what you need to to keep the fiber together to hold it. It's like 
similar to the scales on wool, um, is taken out. But our easy-to-spin cotton fibers that are in the sliver form are much easier to spin because they still have that crimp. So fibers for spinning have come a long, long way since 1978 when Harry was pulling off um, cotton fiber from the top of a bale. So cotton spinning is a lot easier these days because of the preparation that the fibers come in. As for yarns, well, a huge change occurred in probably about the 90s or 2000 um, when so many of the mills in the South closed up and everything is now done um, overseas. So we just found out that our big supplier of mill end yarns, who used to get yarns from yarn manufacturers in the United States, like the clothing industry, has retired and closed up shop. Hmm. So we're not able to get the mill ends like we used to. Mill ends were just odd lot cones of yarn that we would buy up inexpensive and sell at a you know good good price. Mm -hmm. um, some of the other um, manufacturers, the indus industrial manufacturers, have also changed their process and um, we're not able to source it. But there's a huge, huge growth in the hand knitting business of independent um, spinners and dyers. And you can use um, hand sp uh, sorry, knitting yarn for weaving. So there's, in one way, the industrial yarns are not there, but now we have the indie yarns that are, are great to weave with. So, you know, it's a give and take. And you just have to adapt as the industry changes. Is a lot of the cotton still being grown in the U.S., or is it also now being grown overseas? There's quite a bit that's grown in the United States. Our two main sources are um, grown in the United States, so that's, that's a good thing. We also now carry an organic cotton um, that's grown in the United States. Um, it comes in natural, and then it comes in um, pink and blue, for mainly for baby use, mm -hmm. that is using um, safe dyes. So um, a lot, though, has gone overseas, but there's still some that's grown in the United States. So shifting gears a little bit, you mentioned that you've partnered a lot with Interweave Press over the years to create kits with them. And I'm curious if you could talk about one or two of your favorite projects and kits that you like to sell. Well, there's a lot. And we, if you go to cottonclouds.com and click on the uh, tab at the top that says kits, you'll see that there are pages and pages <laughs> of kits that we sell because we love kits. We love the convenience of kits because um, it's really hard online to decide, you know, you have to get the pattern and then you have to figure out how much you need. And sometimes you might want to make a towel that has eight different colors and a cone of yarn is $30. So, you know, to make four towels, you need to buy $250 worth of yarn. So what we do is we um, have a professional winder that winds the yarn from bigger units onto tubes. And we give 
about 10% extra because everybody's warping board is different, we find. So we don't want, the one thing I don't like is if somebody runs out of yarn, because that's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I, um, we want, we give them extra. And it, most kids from Inuit Press are really yarn packs because we don't have the ability um, to sell the pattern. That pattern is copyrighted by Inuit Press. But what's wonderful now with Inuit Press is all that most all their patterns are available through e-downloads. So on our webpage, we show the picture of the kit, and then we um, have a link to where you can get the pattern. But it saves you time and expense and the hassle of ordering. And because of our kits that we have so many, we've developed what we call Kit of the Month Club. And um, we have Kit of the Month Clubs where you sign up for, most of the time it's for a year. We do have a few that are for six months. And every month you get a new kit. And so it comes right to your door. You don't have to think about it. You see what's what you're going to get before you order. And um, the perk that we have for that is that you get free shipping, which saves a lot, you know, over time if you're going to order kits individually. One of my favorite um, kits that we have is called Happy Towels. And it's brilliant, bright cheerful colors, um, a lot of color in the warp. And, you know, once you put all the color in the warp and you don't have to do much in the weft, just weave them off. Um, we have kits for from Interweave Press that are towels, lots and lots and lots of towels, because towels are really easy for weavers, especially beginning weavers. You know, you're just weaving a piece of fabric and you don't have to cut it or sew it or put it together. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of kits for um, table runners, table napkins, placemats. We even have some for babies. We have shawls. Um, there's a whole variety of um, kits that we have. And Interweave is great. I love working with Interweave Press. Um, they provide us with the image, and um, we work also with some of the designers. One designer we work a lot with is Sarah Jackson. And Sarah Jackson is now doing, if I can interject here, um, she's doing weave-alongs. And it, you, if you go to Facebook at Sarah Jackson Designs, you'll see that she does, right now she just started on Monday, a new weave along called Shadow Box Designs. And we put the yarns together um, for those towels and she creates the pattern. And her patterns are very comprehensive. They're like 20 pages with all details and hints and tips. And then what you do is you get the pattern and the towel and then you start weaving and you see what other people are weaving because they post photos on the Facebook group. Um, If you have a question, she'll answer your question. It's really good for um, weavers to have a community. You know, so many of the weavers are home in places that they might not be classes or might not be a studio. So the weave-alongs are an excellent way that Sarah is creating community. 
And another person that's creating great community, as you know, is Liz Gibson. Mm-hmm. And she's creating um, Weave Alongs for Rigid Heddle Weavers. Plus, she has a school, and her, her school courses are great. Um, we do put the yarns together for her color um, weaving school that you can see on her um, link, which is Patreon. And if you would put that link in there for um, absolutely weavers too. Yeah, I will link to both Liz Gibson and Sarah Jackson yeah. in the show notes as well. That's great. So we love kits. We're really well known for our kits. And we have hundreds and hundreds of customers who have signed up for um, our Kid of the Month Club. And another Kid of the Month Club that's very, very popular. It's been designed by Jody Yabara, who works for Cotton Clouds. And the funny story is that when Jody first came to me when she was in high school, she was a, a student and worked part time at Cotton Clouds, and she's still here 30 something years later. Um, one of the first Christmases, I gave her a rigid head of loom. She knew nothing about weaving. And she's very resourceful. And at that time, there wasn't that much uh, online about learning how to weave on a rigid head of loom. Liz wasn't doing her thing. So Jody is self-taught, and she's an excellent designer. She has uh, several designs in the Interweave Press, a Little Looms. Every issue of Little Looms, I think they're on their fourth one, um, she's had a project in there. But what Jody did was she said to me one day, she said, I want to design some towels myself. And I said, fine, do that. And she said, well, I said, take all the yarn you want, do whatever you want. And she did. And she came up with 12 really interesting towel designs that are designed for the rigid heddle weaver. Um, She starts very simply. So the first towel uh, set is easy to do, and it progresses teaching different pickup techniques. And that's called the Year of Towel Kid of the Month Club. And then we put one together for the Cricut, because the Cricut's only 15 inches wide. Um, so she's got towels that are 15 inches wide, which is a great help to beginning Cricut loom weavers. So we love ta- uh, kits, and there's just tons of them. And we'll always be adding more. Do you have time in the midst of all of this to do your own mm-hmm. weaving? Nope. <laughs> but I spin. I love oh, to spin. I love to good. spin cotton. And mm-hmm. we participate in Spinzilla every year. We have a great group um, that TNNA puts out the Spinzilla. Um, it's a monster of a, I forget what they say, it's a monster of an event. And the first week in October, um, people from all over the world get together in their own groups and spin. And it's a competition to see who can spin the most yarn. Well, we don't have a group locally, but we have a cyber group. And it's been going for the past, I think, four years. We have a great um, team captain, Connie Peterson, and she runs it. And um, so I participate sometimes in that. And I I just like, just for relaxation. and I spin on a Tockley mainly. That's what I like to do. Can you describe what that is? A Tockley is a brass whorl spindle originally from India, although we have them made here in the United States. And it's amazing how much spin it has to it. Um, just a hint and tip about spinning cotton. 
a lot of people say cotton's hard to spin. It's just different. Um, I don't use the word hard, but cotton needs a lot of twists to hold together as a yarn because the fibers are so short. So the main thing about spinning cotton is you add a little spin, a little twist to the fiber, then elongate it, then a little bit more twist and elongate it, which is the long draw. And then once you have a yarn that you like, you spin it and spin it and spin it and spin it so that it holds together as yarn. It almost looks like it's overspun, but if you're gonna ply it with another one, it'll take a little bit of that twist out. I also spin on a um, sidekick, a shack sidekick as well. Well, Irene, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today to share about your business and all about cotton. And I have two more questions that we can close out with. Okay. The first is if you could tell people where they can find out about you on the internet and on social media. And then the last one is if you have any parting advice or words of wisdom for weavers out there. So we have a lot of access on social media. First of all, uh, well, just our website is www.cottonclouds.com. And I do want to uh, mention that when you go to Cotton Clouds and you scroll down just a little bit, you will be asked if you want to join our um, e-newsletter. Um, we send it out maybe twice a month with sales and specials and new information. And if I'm ambitious, I write a longer newsletter about um, hints and tips and what I'm doing with uh, cotton and cotton yarns. So when you go to our website, you can sign up for the e-newsletter. Um, we also have uh, Facebook and that's Cotton Clouds. We're on Facebook. And part of Facebook, we have a really interesting group called Kid of the Month Club, and you can sign up for that. And people that join these Kid of the Month Clubs are posting what they do, and if they have questions, we answer them. So that's kind of a fun place to go for Cotton Clouds. We're also on Pinterest, which is Cotton Yarns, and we're on Instagram as well. Uh, but mainly it's our Facebook page that is a good place if you want to see what's happening at Cotton Clouds. And what I like to do is post some educational, informative articles um, you might have missed uh, on other social media. And so every once in a while I'll put something about weaving or spinning and that kind of um, information. As parting words, <laughs> I would say that... Um, if you haven't used cotton, um, if there's any kind of uh, reservation about it, just give it a try. Um, if you're interested in doing some weaving, our kits are really helpful. Um, if you have any questions, please contact me at irene at cottonclouds.com. I'd love to interact with my customers. It's really hard when you're mail order, you don't get to see people very often, although people do come and visit and you're welcome to come visit. Just give us a uh, heads up because sometimes we're not always in the, in the warehouse, office warehouse. And um, spinning cotton, we have an all about cotton spinning kit that has um, spinning instructions and a variety of different cottons and that little brass whirl spindle. 
um, that's a great way to learn about cotton. And um, just keep on spinning and weaving. It's a wonderful way for me to be connected to something that's grounding and beautiful and colorful. So have fun. <laughs> Thank you so much, Irene. It was great to talk to you. You too. Thank you. That's a wrap. To see photos of cotton clouds and links to their website, social media, and other resources mentioned in this conversation, go to www.gistyarn.com slash episode hyphen 27. Next week is a very special episode on the podcast. I'm thrilled to welcome and introduce you to LaShawn Moore, our new Weave podcast producer. LaShawn is an artist and weaver and entrepreneur and farmer and so much more. And she'll be talking about her own journey as an artist and what she's dreaming up for all of you for the podcast. So definitely don't miss this episode. Tune in next Monday. And until next time, happy weaving. Mm -hmm.